Investing in real estate or investing in your own business, it all comes down to the one thing, which is your money mindset. So I wanna share with you 10 rules that you need to follow when it comes to your relationship with money. And before you sort of jump off this video going, where's the practical advice? I'm telling you this shit is life-changing if you can adopt it and execute. So if you're interested, keep watching. Hey guys, my name is Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. You can't get financial freedom unless you have a good relationship with money and it really starts from internal. You can go out there, look at social media, you see some people doing well, some people aren't doing so well and then the byproduct of that is how you feel. So you react to that. What I want you to focus on 10 or so rules that you really need to not just understand but also live by. I actually started adopting a while ago but I subconsciously did it. When you start reading this sort of stuff and when you learn from people who've done it before, you start realizing your mind is actually very, very powerful. Most people don't know how to use it. Some people don't know how to access it. And so hopefully this video can help you start accessing parts of your mind when it comes to your relationship with money. And I promise you, it is gonna change your life if you actually execute. Now, number one, pay yourself first. You've probably heard this a million times, so I'm not gonna carry on about it, but it's very important. And still to this day, it blows my mind that people aren't doing this. Now, it's especially harder when you're running a business, but let's focus on the salaries first. So you go out there, you earn a salary, you know, from your nine to five job, you go out and you maybe get paid weekly, fortnightly or monthly. What you may be doing is after you receive that pay, the first thing you do is fixed expenses. Now, yes, textbooks would probably tell you that's a great idea. And yes, that is a better idea. But if I was to do this today, what I'm doing is going, I know that I have a certain goal that I want to hit. I will then go and reverse engineer it. So if I really want to save $10,000 a year or $100,000 a year, I'm going to break it down into monthly or fortnightly payments and go, it doesn't matter what my lifestyle looks like. I want to go and pay myself that money first. That money could be paid to you in the form of investing it, or it could actually be money that you spend on yourself. Now, the reason why I think this is a better way to approach it than just go, oh, these are my fixed expenses is because as you earn more, you're going to use a bigger percentage towards your fixed expenses. And what that does is it means you have lifestyle creep and your lifestyle creeps up as your income increases. But if you pay yourself and you've got a set amount that you're going to pay yourself, as you earn more, you'll actually prioritize paying yourself more. And in turn, obviously wanting to invest more because you're probably not spending as much on fixed expenses and definitely not on variable expenses. Number two is learn how to invest. Now, if you're watching this video and you're going, okay, well, I want to learn about real estate investing. There are so many videos on this channel and they're for free. So you could go out there and say, okay, this weekend, I'm going to go watch 10 videos that Ravi's made about all of these topics regarding real estate investing. If you're after cryptocurrency, you probably do the same. But if you're after something else like ETF investing, I'm not the right guy. So what you want to do is find experts in those fields and then go and listen to them learn, educate yourself. And if you know how to invest, that's only part of the parcel. You've actually got to put the reps in and do it yourself. Now that doesn't mean you have to go, well, I need to be a genius at ETFs. I need to be a genius in my self-managed super fund and then a genius at real estate investing while still maintaining a job and oh yeah, a life, no. What you could do is outsource parts of your life when it comes to investing. And that could be in the form of getting a financial planner, get an accountant to help you with the accounts. Or if you're looking at buying investment properties and you don't know where to start, then you could hit me up because we're a buyer's agency and you can find the link in the description below to find more detail around the buyer's agency as well as book a free call. Check out this video if you get the chances on. It explains everything you need to know about the start to the end of the process. Number three, don't be a hater of money. So what this means is people's relationship with money gets mangled up because in 
emotions kick in when they're not supposed to and logic should really drive that conversation. So let's draw that back because there's a bit to unpack. Now, what I mean by that is I know people in my own circles that have a really negative relationship with money. Whenever they talk about money, it's always coming down to, I've got to pay bills, I'm stressed out, I've got mortgage repayments. Oh, I hate the fact that in turn, I don't really make enough. And instead of actually approaching it that way, you could go, well, I know the idea of money growing and compounding upon itself. So if I know that I've got these issues, I can either reduce my expenses by, you know, humbling yourself with your lifestyle or just make more. And yes, I'm saying just make more like it's easy, but guys, we're in 2023. Maybe you're watching this in 2024 or beyond, but the reality is there are so many opportunities. There are a bunch of excuses for those opportunities, but that's a whole nother conversation. So I think when you change your relationship with money to be more positive, you're actually going to find that it starts growing a lot more than having this negative relationship. Everyone's got bills, everyone's got mortgage repayments or rent, but yet somehow the rich get richer. And that's because they actually invest their money, learn how to do it, but also have a really good relationship with money. Number four is give every dollar a job. Now I have to read this twice because I'm like, how does a dollar get the job? You need the job to get the dollar. Right? But what it means is that you're getting each dollar to work for you. Now, that doesn't mean just go out there and invest. Now, if you followed the channel for a while, I built my investment portfolio in my 20s and I traveled a shitload. And the reason I did that was because I know that I'm only in my 20s once. Could I have bought an extra property, an extra couple of properties? Yeah, of course I could. But the reality is I'm never gonna be 24 doing dumb shit overseas in Europe. So I wanted to do those things. And I think that if you have a proper system and a proper process, you should be able to enjoy both the lifestyle element of you know being young and when I say young, under 50, sorry if you're over 50, but now it just got suddenly awkward. You might have a young family. You want to spend more time with them. There is a way that you can actually get best of both worlds. And it's just about being strategic. I hear so many people with different stories and they go, oh, I saved every dollar. I, you know, ate noodles and shit like that. And man, cool. That's up to you. But that's not the way I operate. And to be honest, if I invest more, I'm actually enjoying my life a lot more because I get the fruits of that labor, which allows me more choice and freedom. If that resonates with you, then definitely smash that like button because who the hell likes two minute noodles? Number five on this list is probably the most basic rule, which is spend less than you earn. Now, using credit cards to buy shit that's actually not required or not a necessity is where people land themselves in problems. You hear countless stories, you may know someone as well in your own life where they've gone out, got an expensive purchase on their credit card and they're like, well, I'll just pay it off next month. But why are you getting the expensive purchase? Clearly you don't have the money to be able to do that. And that is the key unlock here is that I think a majority of people's solutions around their money problem is going to be just spending less than they earn. It's real basic, but it's very difficult to execute. It's the same way as when I talk about real estate. I'm like, hey, just buy real estate. And you go, cool, I'll go on realestate.com. And then buy something and it's pretty easy because if you pay over and above on something the agent's pretty much going to prioritize you and take you through the deal but that doesn't mean you're actually guaranteed to make money you could in fact have picked up the wrong property a dud property that does nothing and you've actually lost money on it that's the stuff that doesn't really get covered online so what i'm saying is yes things are simple and basic but when it comes to execution you can go wrong so that's why you need to outsource that sort of stuff if you need the help when it comes to spending less you don't need to outsource that it's just all here and discipline it's all about discipline. Yes, you can go and make excuses, but it comes down to one simple thing, discipline. Number six is don't be a slave to money. Now, this took me some time to understand and I subconsciously was doing this in my early 20s where yes, I was able to travel and do all those things. But when it came to the household expenditure, when I was at home, I was going out for lunch and things like that, I would 
always be scouring what the menu prices were and I'd say, yeah, no, I don't think so. And I get it, hindsight's great because I could look back and say, well, yeah, if I didn't do those things and tighten the belt there, I wouldn't be able to spend money while traveling. But at the same time, there were times where I really wanted a particular dish from this menu, but I actually didn't do it. And then I would think about it and I would obsess over the fact that I've got this money, I just want to keep it and I need to keep my balance growing. My savings account kept growing and it was great until I invested it and then I realized, wait, I'm going to start from zero again. Okay, and then I worked my way up in savings and then it went back down to zero again. But while I was flowing money here, I was actually growing out the portfolio on the left-hand side. And that is where all the fruits of the labor were coming from. And it was gonna be far greater than just seeing a couple of digits on my app when I was looking at my bank account. Number eight is keep your finance organized. You can't just go, oh, well, now it's tax return time. I better look at my finances. That's once in a year. Like money makes the world go round. I mean, I'm pretty sure someone said that somewhere, but the reality is if you decide that money is not everything for you, sure, go downstairs, try and get a coffee with that thought process because you'll need money to get that coffee. I'm not saying money is life, right? But what I'm trying to get across here is that even if out of the 10 or 12 tips that I've got here, you adopt three or four of them, you're actually going to find you have a lot more money, a lot more investments in like six to 12 months from now. So when it comes to keeping your finance organized, you want to be ready to go whenever. It's like, it would be the equivalent of saying, okay, once a year, I would like to have a six pack because I'm going to go out to this particular music festival and that's where I want to look great. Now, do you achieve that in the week leading up to the festival or do you have to work on it throughout the entire year? Now, I'm not sure why I'm using the example of a music festival. I've never gone topless to a music festival. It's definitely not my vibe as you can probably tell, but that's the example that I'm working with. So by keeping your finances organized, having that check-in with your partner or sibling or even your parents every couple of weeks, it's going to go a long way because then it realigns your goals. If you have a goal that starts on Jan 1st, by the time you get to like October, you're like, I don't even remember what my goals were. And even if you did remember and you never executed, chances are if you didn't achieve it in the first nine months, you definitely ain't going to do it in the last three months. Number nine, it's a game. So learn how to play it. Whenever I've thought about growing a business or working on my development, I always gamify it. Because for me, I understood games. I used to play a lot of it, Pokemon cards, yeah. Pokemon cards are a big thing for me. And I just knew that I had to keep leveling up and that came through experience, doing activities, doing experience and making mistakes. So it's the same thing when it comes to finance as well. If you can learn the rules of the game, you actually know how to win. Think about going out there and saying, I'm gonna play a game of Monopoly with you and you have no idea, you've never played this game before and you say, okay, cool, let's start. And and I'll learn the rules as we go. That's kind of how people do it. We don't get taught at school, here's the rules of the game, follow this and execute for the next 30 years, you'll be financially free in your 50s. Instead, what happens is just figure it out as you go along. Now, you figuring it out as you go along may mean bad experiences, losing a ton of money, getting introduced to the wrong people, and suddenly you're losing money, losing in the game where everyone else is excelling. And that's because you don't even know what you want. So have clear defined strategies, defined goals, and then understand the rules of the game that you're playing. And the game that you're playing is financial freedom. Let's not sugarcoat it. Yes, we want to work a job, but if you could go and spend that time on holidays or you go out to the beach, think about how happy you are there. So if you use the income from your jobs or your businesses, bring it into investments and those investments then pay you a wage, you can do whatever the F you like. Now, if you are enjoying videos like this, then definitely smash that like button and subscribe if you haven't already. I make a lot of content around real estate here in Australia and I've got some real juicy stuff as we are looking towards possibly a recession in 2024. Number 10 is always have an emergency fund. It does not matter if crypto is going to the toilet or Bitcoin is under $1,000, you need to have an emergency fund. I don't care if the best real estate deal came across your table, you need to have an emergency fund 
because it's an emergency, you'll need that fund. And yes, you could go out there and try and use your credit card or you know a personal loan, but that's how you really roll over into a negative spiral of debt. What you want is good debt, not bad debt. So when you have an emergency fund, you also have the ability to be able to help yourself, but also your family. And I think that's very important and very key to this entire journey. When you don't have those funds, you might be forced to have to sell some of your shares or some of your crypto positions and real estate obviously moves slowly. So you can't take your money out from there. By having the money sit there, you're making more logical decisions and when the emotions do kick in, if something were to happen, God forbid, then you actually have the funds to be able to execute on that. Number 11 is learn how to make money passively. Passive investments are amazing, but the reality is nothing's really passive. You've got to learn how to do it. You may outsource it, but it's still not passive. And what I find with saying something like real estate, yes, there's a passive element to it where every month I get paid a certain amount from the rent I earn. But at the end of the day, there are still active components to earning that income. When it comes to learning how to make passive income, I would say investing is one part of it, but then you've also got businesses, you've got other investments that you can make as well. And even if you're having to put in an hour or two every week or every month, that's still gonna be quite passive versus you having to put in 40 to 50 hours of work actively to earn an income. If I only have to put one hour worth of work in the month to earn the same as I would if I had to work 168 hours in that month, I'm taking that option. And that's why you need to understand the rules of the game to know what to invest in to earn passive income. And the last tip that I have is it's not about how much you make, it's about what you keep. And this is basically as well but is very important. I go out to open homes all the time, some for fun and some you know where I'm taking it seriously and what I've realized is people will spend everything they could possibly spend perhaps just to look like they're wealthy. You go out there, I've got people I know that literally will flaunt certain things on Instagram and then be the same ones messaging me going oh, I actually don't have funds to be able to go out this weekend and it's because they go out and prioritize the wrong things. You could be earning two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars. I literally had a conversation two weeks ago with someone who emailed me saying hey Ravi I make three hundred $30,000 a year, which is a load, and they have no investments, they're renting at the moment, but they're looking at investing. And I said, okay, cool. So how much do you have saved up? And they were like $30,000. I said, okay, well, maybe I'm missing something here. So I asked a few other questions and they told me that they had been earning that sort of income. They had been earning over $200,000 for over the last six years. And the reality was the reason why that savings balance is so low, because they had an expensive lifestyle. They would go out to all these fancy restaurants, fine dining, going out, and they thought, well, I'm making a lot of money. So why not continue spending it? I only get to live once, right? Yellow. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> But I know that there's actual clients that we have that make less than $100,000, have multiple properties next to their name, now generate more capital growth than their first jobs paid them. And that's the reality, is that if you can go out and earn a high income, use that opportunity to go and invest and build your machine. Because if you're not doing that, one day that income's gonna go away. And if it goes away and you haven't built your machine, you're shit out of luck because you don't have to compromise on your lifestyle. Now, the way that I would do it is, yes, I've got lifestyle creep, no doubt. As my income's increased, I enjoy a couple of extra things in my day. But as that's happened, I know that the rate at which my income's increasing, the rate at which my lifestyle expenses are nowhere near. In fact, it'd probably be 20 or 30% at the rate of which my income grows. So that allows me to always keep a buffer. And it's very important that you allocate those funds to be able to go and invest into your machine. Otherwise, in a couple of years time, if you're not earning that income, you're going to be financially screwed. And that's where the stress really kicks in. So I hope you can adopt a couple of these rules. If you can adopt all of them in 12 months, send me an email because I'd love to hear from you. Maybe you can get you on the channel. But if you have liked this video, share it with someone that could also take some benefits from what I would call a quite simple, basic, upfront practical advice that can be at times hard to execute. Thank you so much for watching. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.